Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today, as is often the case on a Monday, is a recording of the sermon preached just yesterday, January the 17th. Uh, The sermon that you'll hear is delivered by Pastor Gary, and it focuses on an epiphany that he had. We're doing this series on certain epiphanies that Pastor Gary and I have had during our journey of faith, thinking that they might be helpful and interesting to all of you as well. Pastor Gary's epiphany revolves around scripture and how to interpret and understand scripture. He does a great job of walking us through his relationship with the Bible, starting in confirmation class and going all the way up through his uh, first time serving as a pastor of a church. I think you'll find it really interesting. It's a fascinating um, conversation, and he just does a great job of explaining how um, Lutherans and how he interprets and understands the Bible. Uh, please know, if you like this sermon, there's more to come. Pastor Gary and I are going to sit down at some point this week and record a podcast episode where we talk a little bit more about how to interpret Scripture, our relationship with Scripture. And then know that coming up this Sunday, I'll share my epiphany. And uh, I think that'll also be an interesting one that'll hopefully lead to further conversation as well. But here it is, Pastor Gary's sermon from January 17th, 2021. So my story of Revelation starts with a passage much like that. And I still remember sitting in the basement of what used to be the parsonage of the church where I grew up, and it had been converted, the parsonage converted into administration space and some classrooms. And so sitting down in the basement in one of those classrooms for confirmation, we had just been through in seventh or eighth grade some of those uh, places in biology where you learn about the way plants and things can interact and reproduce and genetics and all of that. And one of the things that we had learned was that siblings weren't supposed to produce offspring because that can create some kind of genetic mutations. And so we had a question of our confirmation teacher, a, a wonderful laywoman who was teaching us. And we asked quite honestly, where did the wives for all of these men come from? Because they were all sons of Adam and Eve as we were reading the Bible story, as it was told to us. But where did these women come from? Because it appears that the only place they could have come from were also Adam and Eve, which would mean that they were the sisters of these men which didn't sound right to us. And so we actually even asked, are we potentially like genetic mutations that happened because there was siblings who were producing offspring? And the answer that we got back from the teacher was, God just made it okay then. And I looked around the room to the seven or eight other students who were in that class with me and realized that was a satisfactory answer for everybody in the room except me. It didn't seem like a, a real answer to me. I realized everybody else was perfectly comfortable with it. and didn't, I didn't really know why it was so uncomfortable for me to get an answer that God just made it okay then. Well, fast forward a little bit to me being a high school student. 
and I was invited to go play tuba at a congregation where they needed some special music for the day. I really can't remember what, the, what, what it was. It was, I, I think, a Wednesday evening service, possibly. So I showed up with myself and a few of my friends, and we played in the band that night. And I still remember that the sermon was based on our second reading for today that I chose. This is what I remember from that night. This is the story of Jonah. And after Jonah is trying to run away from God and he is on the ship and the people there know that something is wrong and so we pick up the story with this. The, the, crew, the crewman picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord even more and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now I remember that night so well because I still remember the sermon that was preached. This wasn't in my home congregation that time, but a church down the street. And I remember the pastor giving a very detailed sermon about how marine biologists had discovered a fish so large and it was a fish, not a whale, because the Bible was very clear that it was a fish, so it couldn't have been a whale, because a whale's a mammal, and he explained all of this to us, and then told us that a fish had been discovered that was large enough, that it could have an air pocket in its belly, large enough that it could actually swallow a person who could then reside in the belly of the fish, and whose digestive juices would not be harmful to the human, but that they could live there in that air pocket for three days, and then finally be expelled from the fish and be okay. And because marine biologists had discovered a fish large enough to hold a man, it proves that this story is true. And as I looked around that sanctuary, I realized that a lot of people were really happy with that. That, 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 they, that they could show that this story from the Bible had proved that it was true by the discovery of this great fish. And for some reason, it left me unsettled. And I don't really know why. In some ways, actually, I had always taken that story at face value and was perfectly fine with it. But after the pastor preached, I was more unsettled about the story of Jonah than I ever had been to that time before. And I wondered why Sometimes the answers that seemed so convincing and even so calming to some people seemed to be unsettling to me. It, it seemed, in, in some ways, for my spirit, like it was just a little too easy. And so, fast forward a little bit further on. And don't worry, this is not getting particularly risque. But I ended up at college at a very, very fine Lutheran school, Capital University. And when I was at Capital, all of a sudden there became discussions about the Bible, but they were considering the Bible as literature. The Bible as a, as a way of understanding how authors would 
would take time to expand on things and, and let us know about certain things. And, and with that, I started learning these words that were connected to the Bible in ways that I'd only heard connected to other literature before. Words like metaphor and allegory. And I started wondering if, if those could be true for other scripture, might they also be true for the Bible? And would that sort of unveil the Bible for me in ways that I had never encountered before? And I started catching some snippets of that, and things that used to be unsettling to me started falling in place a little bit, even to the point of talking a little bit about rabbinic teaching, which was not about always historical ways that we looked at things, but metaphorical, allegorical ways that we considered how God interacts with the world. And I think that's what started sparking for me. The reason that maybe I was unsettled before is because those answers that were so calming to some didn't do anything to build my relationship with God. But all of a sudden, being able to consider the Bible in broader ways actually drew me closer to God. And then, my next phase took me to seminary. And so as a student at Trinity Lutheran Seminary, I heard professors now talking about the way that, that rabbis would teach and talking about the ways that Scripture has been considered in ways that I had never considered scripture before. And so we went back to that story of creation and we unveiled that in the Hebrew language, Adam or Adamah was actually the broader term for humanity. And Eve or Eva was actually the broader term for life. And all of a sudden, this story about two people, Adam and Eve, became the story of humanity in which humanity gave, to God gave the gift of humanity, the gift of life, Eva. And all of a sudden, for me, this story completely opened up. And I thought, why didn't I know this in the eighth grade? Why didn't I know this as a confirmation student? I would have been so much more excited about the Bible if I would have had that kind of understanding as an eighth grader. Now, not all of my classmates would have been excited about that, but I would have. And I considered the story of Jonah and, and started wondering, well, Jonah may have been a historical character, but the fish might really have been more metaphorical than historical about how that took place. And it was even possible for me to consider that Jonah might not have been a historical character, but rather a, a, a story put together about how it is that God calls people and what it means for us to try to escape God's call for our life. And all of a sudden, the story of Jonah was no longer about a man named Jonah who lived, you know, 2,500 years ago. All of a sudden, the story of Jonah was my story. 
It was about me hearing a call from God. It was about me trying to deny God's call for me at times and trying to take the easy way out and God finding a way to call me back into a difficult decision, but knowing that the power of God was with me all along. And scripture all of a sudden took on new meaning because I found a new relationship with God. I found a God that was more personal to me, a God that was speaking to me and not trying to tell me how everything in the world was perfectly lined up, but just trying to tell me how God calls me into relationship. And so, so that's where Scripture took me. It, it was an epiphany to understand that there are different ways that people are going to look at Scripture. What was most important was how our relationship with God grew that way. I'm sure some of my classmates in confirmation grew knowing that the power of God just made things okay at times. And they're better Christians today because of it. I just needed different answers and I was given the freedom to explore them. But that's not really where this story ends just yet. So now, moving ahead just a little bit, I'm a young pastor in a congregation. And as I was teaching confirmation, there was a point where one of the students missed class, and so I was over talking with that student, just catching them up a little bit on what had happened in class. And uh, this, this young girl asked me a question. We must have been talking about the creation story, although I'm not sure. She might have just been reading it uh, out of her own Bible at some point. But she had an important question for me. She said, when God took the rib out of Adam to make Eve, do you think it hurt? And so... I quickly flashed back to my eighth grade confirmation class. And so I said to her, you know, let's think about this. Let me tell you something. When we talk about Adam and Eve, what we could be considering is the fact that Adam, it comes out of the Hebrew word Adamah, which means humanity. So God could have been talking about the creation of all of humanity. And to that humanity, God gave Eva, or the gift of life. And, and that's really what we could be talking about in all of this story. And I said, what do you think about that? And she said, well, that's very interesting. But I do still have a question for you. And I said, what is it? And she said, well, when God took the rib out of Adam, do you think it hurt? And I said to her, and I quote, I'm sure God just made it okay. <laughs> because I realized she wasn't looking for my answer. She wasn't looking for an answer that brought me comfort. She was looking for an answer that brought her comfort. And that's what I think Scripture is intended to do. It's intended to bring comfort to our spirits. It's intended to open up God to our souls. And God was opened up to her when God would be able to take a rib out of Adam and not cause Adam great pain. And that was important to her. 
And so sometimes things in Scripture are just important. What's important to you might not be important to me. What's important is is how we dive into Scripture to draw us closer to God. And when we do that, and when we experience that, then Scripture is truly opened up for us. If that means that we have to delve into science a little bit, then fine. If it means that we delve into relationship a little bit, then that's where we go. For me, I realize that I need a God of relationship, a God of humanity and life, a God who calls me and doesn't let me escape God's call, but keeps bringing me back into God's best desire for me. And I hope that however it is that Scripture is unveiled for you, it draws you closer to God. And so that takes us to our gospel reading for today. It's the gospel according to Mark from the 16th chapter, verses 5 and 7. This is a portion of the Easter story. And we read, As the women entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Now, why is that story important? Because I completely believe in the historical accuracy of that story. My faith rests on that story. I don't, I don't call it into question, and it doesn't unsettle me at all. And to be honest, I can't explain why. We're told that a man who had been put into a tomb, crucified and dead, was brought back to life. And it sounds impossible. And you might think, of all people, I would be the one looking for an alternate way that that story could be revealed. But to me, it's revealing Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and God choosing to take that action for the world. But it also means God chose to take that action for me. And that story draws me closer to God. That historical reality that God would choose to do something so powerful for Jesus that would allow me to be called a child of God. It's a complete and whole part of my faith story. It's an epiphany to me to understand the depth of God's love for the humanity that God created in relationship. And so when it comes to scripture, I can't completely explain why some things and some explanations bring me comfort and other explanations have me seeking outside of simply saying this. What I have learned about 
the Bible is that every time I open it, God draws me closer. Every time I open it, God opens my eyes to a new way of understanding this relationship. And every time I open Scripture, I am able to proclaim, like Thomas in an upper room, my Lord and my God. And what a blessing that always is for me. So, I'm not telling you how you need to interpret Scripture. I'm not telling you that you need to delve deeper. I'm just inviting you, inviting you into knowing that God still speaks. And if there's something in Scripture that's just unsettling for you, consider an alternative. If you find your relationship to God growing deeper through that alternative, then by all means, run with it. Because Scripture was meant to show us a way that God has revealed for our life, for your life. Open up Scripture. Find God and proclaim, my Lord and my God. Amen.